Well, guys, we are now going to move into uh, time of, uh, of a Q&A and hearing a bit more of the journey and some of the wisdom of these uh, fathers on stage. So I've got a few questions here we're going to go through. So this first question is for each of you to, to answer um, in turn. One is, um, what was something that you thought was a big deal about being a father, but in hindsight it turned out not so much to be? We'll start with you, Gareth, please. Um, so one of the things that um, I'm quite keen on about, and it's, um, it's unfortunately my eldest daughter isn't here, but one thing that used to drive me nuts when uh, th they were all at home was, oh, it's not working, there we are, uh, was that the, they used to, let's just say their, their way of uh, putting their clothes away was putting it on the floor. <laughs> um, it used to, t I had various conversations about uh, this thing over here is called a wardrobe, and this is where they belong. <laughs> um, but uh, in hindsight, it doesn't matter now because uh, they just chuck them on now as adults, and they don't care whether they're creased or not. So, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Thank you. Uh, when my son Benjamin was only a wee little fella, and his younger brother was a wee-er little fella, uh, we were taking a Sunday afternoon nap, as parents often do, and we woke up and we thought, hmm, boys are awful quiet, because I was still both in cots. Boys are awful quiet, I wonder what's going on. And we were highly, highly stressed when we discovered that one of them had emptied his nappy all over the room, <laughs> all over the room, and we didn't know how to get it out of the wall. No, it was soaked into the jip rock and into the carpet. But no, no, that's the least of what could happen, really. Yeah. Thank you, David. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was concerned that my handicap would get even worse than it already is. Um, um, but I don't know, when, when you're holding a little baby, all those selfish pleasantries um, become so trivial as well. So that, that thought that you have to sacrifice your whole life for this baby, sacrifices often come with this a little bit of a bad taste of, I have to give this up. Um, but when you're holding that little baby, it's, it becomes easy. Um, it, 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 it makes me think as well, like, you know, throughout my life as well, uh, you think God, God sacrificed everything for us. And it's like, you feel almost a little bit bad, like, um, you know, did you really have to go through that for me? Um, but once you've been a dad and you look at that baby and it's like, it was really easy to sacrifice everything. Um, yeah, it makes you feel not so bad that everything was sacrificed. So, yeah, so the sacrifices aren't as as bad as they come across to be. Thanks, Carl. Yeah, it's a very uh, significant point, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think I can probably relate to that very much too. You know, Jolly and I have four kids, and uh, obviously for us it was one at a time. You, you landed with two straight up. But, you know, you think about you have that first child and um, you're just, com everything is in absolute chaos, you know. And, um, and you think, wow, how am I going to deal with having two? If God blesses us with two, you know, how will I have enough sleep or how will I give them enough time? And, but as you go along, God's grace is there. Some, it's not easy at all, but, but it's, the, you know, God's grace is there. It happens and it's worth it. Awesome. Thank you, guys. That's great. We might stick with you, Kyle, and we'll come back this way for the next one. Um, what's something you struggle with or find annoying as a father? Yes, um, I'd like to discuss this with... Um, He's eager to answer. <laughs> if there's any tech guys in the room, um, my, my wife, dear wife, um, 
very concerned about everything. So we have uh, little monitors telling me every second of the day what their heartbeat is, what their oxygen levels are. Awesome. There's no tech in the world that can tell me, is this baby still hungry or is it now full? <laughs> so this annoys me. So if there's tech guys, please create this for us. Okay, it would be a lucrative business if they could. Big annoyance. So. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Kyle. And David? Uh, I find it really frustrating when I can see the solution or I have the solution to something that my children need and they don't ask. And they know for whatever reason, whether it's uh, their own pride or they are wanting to handle it themselves, but they just don't ask. And David, is that something that's as relevant today as you know, in the years yeah. gone by? Yeah, yeah we've still got you know, 20 and 19 year old in the house here and even you know, my, my older, older daughters, um, you know, when, when, because you know, we, we have the resources and we, you know, we have the, the years of experience, you know, and yeah, they, they don't ask for help, you know, they, they struggle on and fall down and bust their nose, so to speak. Thank you. And Gareth? Yeah, so obviously nowadays, as uh, Carl's mentioned, there's a lot more technology out there. And um, it's something that my kids, are, unlike me, I tend to over-communicate rather than under-communicate. But it does frustrate me that they all have mobile phones, but when you ring them, they don't answer them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Gareth. Yes, I'm not at that stage, thankfully. <laughs> yes, yes. I can see a lot of agreement from the crowd. It's so true. All right, thank you. So this next one is about time. Probably something I touched on earlier with my comment is um, how do you engage quality time with the kids in a time poor world? And I think the reality is we're all time poor, and especially when we come into that age of, of having children, you know, you're even more time poor. Um, so how, how do you engage yeah, quality time with your kids. Um, so for me, obviously, my kids all have their own own lives now. So my wife does most of the communicating. I must be honest, my eldest daughter in New Zealand spends hours every day talking to my wife <laughs> while my wife is doing other things during the day. <clears throat> um, so I'll just go online and talk to her when, at some point, when. Alison's talking to, to her, uh, and I just get moments with my son when, when he's around at our place. Um, and to be honest with you, my youngest daughter is the one who engages communication between me and her. She's uh, not so much the last few months because she's been away, but um, certainly when she was at home, we'd have, she'd organize time that we'd spend together. We're just going out for coffee. Yeah, great. Thanks, Kara. Uh, I've found uh, that with my kids having, most of the kids having grown up and they got their own lives, apart from Ben and Sam still at home, uh, that, I, and I was, I was sort of thinking about what, what is, now how, how do I handle this? And I was having to look back and examine what has my habit been and, and I've found that, that I've generally asked the hard questions or the, the critical questions the important questions, when I do have those few moments, 
Um, and with Ben and Sam at home, uh, no, they're both busy, they're both uh, no, working and got their interests. Uh, so how, how do I build now the relationship um, during those times? If they're, if they're talking about something, then I try and engage them in what, in what they're talking about. Don't try and steer the conversation to what I want to talk about or what I think needs to be spoken about. Um, and then when there is those few moments of quietness and I do see that they have been struggling with something, like you know, maybe finances or relational stuff, I'll try and sow something in then, um, but not try and push the conversation. Thanks, David. Yeah, a lot of wisdom in that. Yeah, um, my, my little ones are pretty demanding, so I don't, don't really get a choice but to spend a lot of quality time with them, um, which, which I love dearly. Um, but but a, a little hack that um, I recommend to anyone wanting to have kids soon, um, get on very good terms with your mother-in-law. Um, <laughs> the amount of support that we've got from family and friends and community is has been amazing, so um, we've had... Um, Pastor David's um, beautiful wife, um, spending a lot of time over at our house, cooking meals, helping out cleaning, um, and so much of the church as well, sent over meals. Um, and just that alone helped us be able to focus on, you know, babies and not worry, you know, oh, do we have food for tonight? Um, so so that, that, that's really helped us spend quality time with that baby, so, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Well, there's a lot of wisdom in each of those answers, isn't there? So, great, great to hear. Thank you. Um, yeah, and it is, um, it is a sacrifice too, isn't it? I think making that time for your kids. It, it's an awesome sacrifice. It's the one you want to make. And sometimes, I know as a father, I felt like, can I make enough of it? You know, you're, you're trying to be faithful in your job. You're trying to, you know, have time with your wife. You're trying, you know, and still be at church and, you know, be a good neighbour and all of that. But making that time. But I think, um, you know, what you've said there, there's... It can be done, you know, in, uh, in different ways, and, and there's assistance from uh, from God and from your community around you. So, thank you. That's good. Um, all right. So the next question. This is, um, uh, I think, a really good one, and uh, will hit home for a lot of people. How do you approach the difficult subjects with your kids? Um, and uh, so, probably Kyle, this one's probably um, not yeah, so much relevant my, for you. My is pretty easy when they <laughs> say, Dad, I want food. I say, yes, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yeah. 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 The difficult subject at three months probably a bit different to at 30 years old, but yes. Yes. Um, yeah, so when we think about, yeah, the difficult, you know, things in life and, and matters of God and faith as well, how do you approach those uh, with your children? Uh, we might start with you, Gareth, please. Yeah, so our kids are all told that Sunday we, we were at church and they, they, they took, understood that and um, all our kids have been in, in church for a considerable amount of their time and multiple churches at that. Um, they've had to get used to meeting new friends, etc. Um, when there are hard questions, usually uh, for, for me it's I'm very much a one-to-one -one person uh, when it comes to discussing difficult issue, issues. Um, and as I'll tell you, I'm pretty straight down the line when it comes, comes, to, comes to things. I don't hold back. If there's something that needs to be said, I'll just say it. Um, there's not, not a lot of flower 
flower in what I say. I don't tend to beat around the house. I just get straight to the point. That's great. And you've found that to be effective? Uh, most of the time. Not all the time, but it does work most of the time. Sure. And so if I can just probe that a little bit further, that being quite upfront, yeah. um, has it worked any better, say, with um, you know, your son as opposed to your daughters, or is it all about the same? Um, I think my son understands um, a little bit more. Um, words like, go away, dads, from my daughter, I've heard multiple times, so I've just sent it to a mother then to have a chat. <laughs> a wise man. No, thank you. Thank you. David? Uh, being married to Janine, and we've, we've learnt and made a practice of, um, again, generally, our practice has been to uh, head things as Gareth has, head things straight on when there's something that I as the dad, I as the husband need to deal with. I go and talk to them and them being Ben and Sam living at home with us. But the usual response is um, one of as if I've been kicking them in the bum rather than you know, trying to steer them or encourage them or build them up. Uh, or, uh, and and when, when there has been a reprimand, you know, how, uh, how effective that's been, there's been you know, various degrees of, of success. Uh, with our daughters, on the other hand, they seem to be much more open to the conversation. Um, now we've addressed things like um, you know, parenting with our daughters because I've got grandkids. Um, so yeah, we've addressed things like parenting and sat down and openly discussed things of God you know, to a non-believing daughter and she's open to discuss it. You know, or um, of being able to discuss relational things with Kiana. Uh, whereas the boys, bang, you know, doors... Well, it seems like you know, the general response has been the doors shut, you know, and I don't know, if, again, if that's pride or if they, you know, what, what, what's going on in their older teenage heads. Um, but, yeah, the, the general response has been, you know, the doors shut and the boys and the conversations with the girls. Um, and, yeah, and like I said, you know, we, we deal with things straight up. Yeah, great. If I can just explore that a bit, um, you know, the teenage boys in particular, he's saying the door's shut sort of thing, and I'm sure many parents could probably relate to that. I can't yet. <laughs> my, my eldest is just about eight. But um, so what, what is effective, I guess, as a father of teenage boys or girls, but particularly on that comment you made, you know, that boys can kind of shut the parents off in a sense. Um, what have you found effective in maintaining that fatherly relationship to a son as a teenager? I think uh, one of my boys is extremely strong-willed. Um, he thinks he knows more than a, a, a congregation of people. You know, he's such a strong will. And I've had to butt heads with him almost physically to get him to stop and even accept the words that I'm saying. And I think to maintain the fatherly aspect of it, 
so that it doesn't you know, break the relationship when that confrontation does happen. Um, I then have to um, steady my emotions and when there is the next time to speak with him about anything, do so in a loving manner. So that there is that, you know, that balance of, um, well, if it might be protection for my family that I have to confront him on, you know, and then still be loving you know, and embrace him no, physically even. Thank you. A lot of wisdom. Thank you. Kyle, I know we probably started with you on this one. Anything more for you to add on the difficult conversations with your daughters? I know you talk about the food conversation. But <laughs> um, I look forward to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, no, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, mm. Done. Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> would your, yeah, with your own dad. Difficult conversation um, with your own father. Yeah. Um, or father-in-law. <laughs> 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 David's putting um, himself out here, Pastor David. I, I met with my father-in-law uh, many years ago and um, asked him if I could marry his daughter. Um, he said no. <laughs> um, but no, he set some, um, some hard ground rules and he said, look, when it gets to this stage, um, um, she had to finish uni and that. And looking back, I'm like, oh, that's so obvious. Why didn't I think of that at the time? Um, but but having a dad there, grown up with, um, I, I'm your kids now, grown up saying, I'm so glad that we had those hard conversations at the time, um, setting the rules early. Um, the older I get, the more I realize how little I actually know. So having good dads. Um, that are willing to have those hard conversations, um, incredible. So I look forward to having hard conversations. Yeah, great. Thank you. Mm. I'm going to stick with this theme and talk about something a bit more, um, I guess, closer to home or uh, you know, a bit more vulnerable. Is the so I'm going to ask you about the birds and the bees conversation, you know, with your kids for the older fathers here. And um, yeah, and I think this is a really important one. And and um, you know, feel free whatever your you know, wanting to share, and, um, and and I think this is an area which um, I think we need to be honest. When I talk to my friends who are similar age to me, sort of mid to late thirties, um, I'm 21, but they're all older. But um, uh, you know, I, I think in many senses, the general sense has been that probably a lot of our fathers did not do this well. It wasn't done well at all. You know, it's a general sense, not for everyone. Um, but really interested to know from your experience with your children, or any wisdom you might have, either from a good experience or a bad experience, how do you address the birds and the bees conversation, especially as a Christian father with your children? Uh, I didn't have to, isn't it, I didn't have to, but I wasn't involved in, in the lives of my daughter Ashley and son Michael through, from about five years to 15 years. So I wasn't there to have that conversation with them. But with Aidan, the oldest son, um, I think when I realised I needed to have this conversation, I was too late. Um, but we just sat down and you know, I remember somebody uh, saying that kids grow up on farms, you know, are more open to the whole birds and bees because they see animals and everything. So I <laughs> likened it you know, to being a farmer and explained you know, how animals reproduce and all that sort of stuff. 
um, with Ben and Sam, uh, I had to have a harder, more disciplined um, approach because they were uh, you know, into some things that they needn't to be into as children. Uh, and so I uh, sat down in more of a protective manner and said, hey, you know, this is what really happens, but what the world is portraying, you know, isn't a healthy way to do it? And I explained the reasons why. Thank you, David. Thank you. And Gareth? So mine was very, very easy. It just said, your mother wants to have a word with you. <laughs> was that for your son and your daughters? I did talk to my son, but obviously he wasn't listening because he's got three children now. <laughs> yeah. Sure, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything more you wanted to add on that? No, I yeah. think that's enough for sharing yeah. for now. <laughs> sure, that's okay, that's okay. It's harder when your family's in the room. So. Um, Carl, did you want to add anything to that? Either, either I, I would actually like to ask you, if you don't mind, because yeah, yeah. you've got um, four young kids. Um, yeah, sure. And the, you know, the world's very different now from when your, your, your kids were young. The internet's there, social media's there. Um, what's your plan to get ahead of that before mm. they find out it through you know, other means? Yeah, sure, thank you. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, it is a, a really good question. And I, actually recently I had a few mates over for dinner and um, we were all actually talking about this issue. You know? And um, uh, I guess, um, yeah, very aware of this, very conscious of, I guess, the unhealthiness of my own experience. You know. Of, my parents didn't tell me about the birds and the bees, you know, so, so where does that lead you, you know, not, not to a healthy place. So, um, yeah, just thinking about this as a godly father, we want our kids to um, know the Lord and all of our discipline is based from the Bible, you know, and our training and a lot of prayer because we don't know what we're doing, but, but just seeking God's guidance on that. But um, I guess, um, you know, you guys were talking before about being really open, you know, and trying to engender that with our kids. And I've got three boys, you know, and, and a girl. Um, so with the birds and the bees, um, one thing was around, yeah, being ahead of the game. You know, I, I don't want to be at a point where I broach the subject with my sons or my daughter and they already know everything about it from some punk kid in the playground, you know. Uh, so I do want to beat, beat the kids to it, you know. I want to beat the system to it. I want to beat the media to it. Um, and so I've actually had that conversation with my older boy, who's about just over seven and a half. So I actually, um, so the way I approached it with him was... Um, just to, I actually spoke with him over six months ago, just took him out for a coffee, you know, every few months I like to do that one-on-one -on -one as well with the kids, and just talking about different things. And at that point it was just about, um, you know, how God wants us to be uh, with other boys and with other girls that respect our sisters and, you know, that respect, uh, that sort of thing. And I actually asked him, have you heard the word sex? And he hadn't, didn't connect with it at all. Like, he had no connection. So I just left it there, you know, so just talked to him about being honouring and, you know, respectful in all of his relationships. I said, look, in the coming years, next, you know, three, four years, there will be changes in, in people's bodies, yourself and the girls and, and the boys that you're with and whatever. But because he didn't associate at all with the word sex, I just left it alone. Um, but now he's just about eight. And I thought, even these are cr crucial months. You know, people are often exposed to these ideas. Uh, I think between eight, nine, ten, you know, definitely by 11. Um, uh, so I had a talk with him about a month ago. And, uh, and so I actually took him out, we just went for a walk and whatever, and I actually ended up talking to him. And so without going into all the details for time's sake, but I took the approach again of relationships, what, how God wants us to be with boys and girls. 
I talk about physiology. That's the fact that things are going to change in your body in the next you know, couple of two to three or four years, and that boys will take more notice of girls, you know, of their bodies and things. And I said, when they do that, you're a man of God. And if anyone says anything inappropriate or wants to show you a picture of a girl without her clothes on, it, you need to walk away from that and say, that's disrespectful. You know? And I want to treat girls as uh, younger girls as sisters, older women as, as mothers in the Lord. And so just really beating, trying to beat the world to that you know, and praying to him. So he really listened to that, took it all on. I talked to him about the anatomy side of things. So I don't know if I was too early. Some other fathers might reprimand me for talking to someone who's not quite eight about all of that. Um, but I thought it was important. You know? and, and I broached it in that thing of where does God want us to be? How does he want us to think? And what do you do when somebody at school flashes a picture at you? you know, yeah. That sort of thing. And where that fits in the, the context of godly view of relationships. So, yeah, but, but then I also said to him, I said, look, parents are going to their, pick their own time for talking to your friends at school about this, so I don't want you to talk to your friends at school about this, and I don't want you to talk to your brother about this, leave that to me, you know, that sort of thing. And he's good. I can trust him. Yeah. You know, I can trust him. So I did. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. We needed you on the panel, mate. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm soaking in the wisdom. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, all right, so I have a question here for the older two dads and then a different one for the younger dad. So um, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you were parenting younger kids? I suppose the thing that I know now, um, like I spend a lot more time with my grandkids than I, used to, I spend with my kids. Um, I think when I was younger it was... I'd come home from work and then I just wanted some time on my own. Um, and being a bit selfish, um, I tend to spend a lot more time, give back now to the grandkids, um, which I should have done when I was younger. Um, and I think even though I I've, have a principle of sort of work-life balance, I've never overdone work, but I've found other things to fill that time rather than spending time with the kids. And that's something that, in hindsight, new parents just give that time to, to your kids. Don't be selfish like me. Thank you, Gareth. That's very, uh, very honest and very important. Thank you. David? Uh, would be to what, what I know now is uh, the difference between a thing of value and a thing that's deemed as valuable. Um, you know, like uh, the friends that we have on social media—they're not really friends, and they don't—they don't, they don't put into your life. Uh, and yeah, if I'd, if I'd, uh, if, if, like, knowing now, if I could do it again, I think I would, you know, do something a bit different with uh, the way that I'd um, had my children, you know, spend their time, you know, only got 24 hours a day, you know, we've got to make every, every minute count. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, one thing I'm trying to do as a, as a father of younger kids is really, really learn from the wisdom of men like yourselves, you know. And this is a, such a common thing, you know, you hear in the church, as well as in the workplace, 
the, the one sort of regret learning people talk about is more time with the kids, you know, when they were younger. And um, yeah, so I guess uh, one thing, you know, by God's grace I'm try trying to do is to say, well, I want to learn from other people's mistakes or learnings rather than my own, you know, and, and, and that can be hard, you know. And, um, and I guess for me it's a lot about when I do come home from work or, you know, I'm, I'm tired and, and the kids want to play with me, just stopping and saying, hey, this time is not going to come back, you know. I could sit here, I could do this, or I could not take them on the scooter with me, whatever, but I'll never get this again, you know, and so making the most of it. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's good. All right. Um, young dad. I have a question here for the young dad. Um, what, what are you doing to encourage Jesus in your home and personal life? Yeah, um, when we were kids, um, before we left for school or left for anywhere, um, my mom and dad would make us get in this little circle and my dad would pray and just give thanks for the day and you know just a general prayer for blessing of the day um and we would begrudgingly join but we knew growing up you know you, you don't leave the house without giving thanks um, um and then at least my wife has also told me on numerous occasions um without fail if she woke up in the morning and came downstairs to the kitchen um, dad would be sitting in his green chair reading his bible doing devotions um, so I, th I think setting that as a, a normal in, in the home is, is my plan to be, instead of saying, hey, this is what I want you to do, but not be doing it myself, I want, I want to be, be, be the man and hopefully um, set the culture um, that, you know, this is a household that lives with Jesus um, and, and hopefully that influences them. Um, but yeah, setting the standard, making it a normal thing, um, making it the culture of the family. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, say, so, uh, so you can teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. You know, that sort of thing. And I think, um, yeah, that's, that's great to hear, Kyle. And that is, you know, more so than what you say or the rules you make or whatever, they will absorb who you are yeah. and your practice. Yeah, I think both are very important. And, uh, and certainly in our life too, I think we think about how are our kids learning about the Lord and how is our Christian faith, you know, in the Lord imparted to our kids and um and we certainly have things that are non-negotiable you know you come to church and we will pray at night and read the bible together and all of that but very much aware that equally as important if not more so is just that day in hour in hour out minute in minute out sort of uh, uh culture in the house you know in our own example so yeah. yeah great thank you all right we have three and a half minutes left and uh so quick answers to the last two questions please from each of the dads what is a funny or embarrassing moment that you can share from your fathering experience? Start with you, Gareth, please. Okay. So the most recent one, a um, few, few years back, we were at uh, Shorncliffe, and uh, my wife, as usual, likes, wanted to take a photo of us all together. Uh, and they asked me to climb up the tree, and I was holding onto the tree, and I couldn't quite get up, but my son decided to push me, uh, at which point I let go of the tree and then rolled down onto the ground, over the concrete ledge, doing tuck and roll. Uh, so that was quite embarrassing, but uh, I, didn't, I didn't injure myself. You, you didn't injure yourself? No, I oh, didn't. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, me and Aidan, my oldest son, when he was so high, we shot down to the local pizza shop to pick up pizza for dinner, and me being um, the one in thongs, hadn't noticed the floor and that, hadn't thought about it, the floor was wet, and from the moment I stepped on the tile floor, whoosh, poof, onto my bum, slid on onto the counter, stood up, I'm here to get my pizza, 
There's more to it. Thank you. <laughs> um, my, my, it's actually one of my proudest moments. I'm holding one of the girls. Not sure which one it was. Um, I still don't know. Um, just had a feed and as a rookie dad, didn't do any burpings. Just threw her on the shoulder and was chatting away and she vomited down my shirt, <laughs> ran down, r ramped off the first roll and went straight into my belly button. Um, and that is known as the hole-in-one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Carl. I hadn't heard that terminology, the hole-in-one. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right, the final question to each one is, what is one nugget of wisdom on parenting that you can leave us with now? Thanks. Spend time with the kids. Thank you, Kevin. David? That uh, battle doesn't start here, but it's going to start here. Thank you. And Kyle? Yeah, looking after babies is not a mother's only job. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Can we just give our panel a hand? Thank you so much. Well, you've just dropped your mask. Oh, sorry, Gareth. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I, I hope you find that very uh, insightful and uh, and full of wisdom. So, thank you so much, our panelists. Well, look, uh, we're just about at the close of the service. Um, so, I'm going to just lead us in a prayer, and uh, then we're going to have a video um, to to close with. I think it's a funny video about a dad life, and um, and then I'll just uh, do a quick close at the at the end of that. So, let's just take time to pray now. Father, we just thank you so much that, that you are a heavenly Father. Jesus, when you taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer, um, you could have used any title for, for addressing God, you know, our Sovereign One, our Master, our Lord, but you taught us to pray saying, Our Father who is in heaven. And Lord, we just thank you that you are our Father, and above anything else that you are, you want to be known by us as, as our Father. And Lord, I just pray today for, for each of us in this room, God, and um, especially those who don't have a healthy relationship for whatever reason uh, with their fathers, Lord, or, or fathers with their children, God, uh, or whose fathers might have passed on, Lord, to, uh, to, to be with you, God. And Lord, we just pray that um, uh, we would know you as our Father. We would know your love around us, God, that no matter what has happened, that we do have a Father. You're a Father to the fatherless. Lord, I pray for the fathers who are here in this room, God, and many of us, for different reasons, can feel inadequate or that we've missed the mark, God, or that we're not as good as another dad or where we should be. But Lord, thank you that you're a good God, you're a forgiving God, you're an encouraging God. And Lord, every father in this room is doing a fantastic job, even being there for their kids, God, even being a father. Lord, I just pray for your blessing for each one, your wisdom and your grace for each one. Lord, a joyful day for each one today. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we put our hope and our trust in you, and we thank you for your example. Thank you, Lord. Just uh, pray for your blessing. And Lord, we thank you that we could meet today as, as a family of believers, God, and rejoice in you and hear wisdom. Give us grace to walk in your wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.